Yeah, that's right. You know, after all these, you know, all these runs that you do, after a while, the, you know, the body starts to, to to slow down. You get a bit weary and mentally it gets hard. But you know, you, you've got to be a bit stubborn and you got to push through um, the bad times. And you know, because there's a lot more bad times than there are good times when you when you're going out for a run and 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 just pushing through it basically. So. Um, yeah, you know, as someone once said to me, you know, pain's uh, temporary, memories are forever, so. Kia ora tato. that was Glenn Sutton. I'm Matt Raymond. And I'm Eugene Bingham. This is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. What things? They make my heart sing. <sighs> what? Nothing. Uh. Still trying to get over your Katy Perry reference from last week, and then you go oh, straight yeah. on with that. Anyway, yeah. look, ditch Do DCR you still twenty twenty. Like don't, uh. don't. All right, these mic stands are heavy. Um, DCR2020, if you enter the code at Wild Things, not only do you get 15 months off the VIP, 15 months for the price of 12 on a VIP membership, uh, you get access to over 1,200 runs in the trail directory. You can go to their shop yes. and get super discounts. They give away heaps of races. You can get, you can buy things like shorts that you need. Undies. Matt. Yes. Matt, I need we were just having this conversation yep. tonight. That's so right. We've got to go to the Wild Things store and go shopping. And luckily, because we've used the code DCR2020 and got 15 months for the price of 12, and our VIP members, we can get a discount at the shop. That's right. Let's do it. When you enter uh, the code DCR2020 and get your 15 months for the price of 12 and access to the community, everything like that, um, we get a little bit of a kickback as well. So win-win if you go to Wild Things. Win-win-win.club. They win. We win. We win. And, of course, you win because you get the thingy discount. Yep. There you go. Who else? Spring energy. Yeah. It just never gets old. How much of that have you been guzzling? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I've been panic buying. I'll be like you before the 100 miler. Just like, there's, there's, what's that beeping noise? It's a, just when Rebecca says, I think there's trail running stuff. I think it's just getting a bit ahead and there's a beeping noise and then a truck reverses and just dumps. Empties. Yep. Mm. Speed nut and... Wolf packs all over the lawn. Um, it, fantastic. It's real food. Uh, such things as bananas, basmati rice, nuts, honey, cranberries. Good flavors. Delicious, good flavors, palatable and tasty. And if you use the code DCR Spring, you'll get 10% off any purchase at myspringenergy.co.nz. Cool. Scott running. Mm. With the Kinabulu RC Ultra. The best ultra running shoe that I've ever used. You love them. Yeah, I do. I do. I love them. I've done a stack of miles in them now. Yeah, I've done a stack of miles in mine too. I love them. Yeah. There's just, they've got a bit of cushioning. Yeah. They've got a bit of, um, they, they hold your foot. Yeah. A bit of form. And it's good. And, and, all things being equal, I'll be wearing them at Kepler. Yeah. Unless it's underwater like last year, which I'm hoping it won't be. In which we can go for flippers. Which we go for flippers this time. I'll be wearing those if you go to scottrunning.nz. Perfect for Kepler, actually. Perfect for Kepler. Mm. And while you've got your Kinabulu RCs on, you could be wearing your Ultraspire Zogos 4. 
mm. also perfect for Kepler. The pack of the They've got Kepler a model Challenge. for them in this they year's um, marketing. Yeah, that's right. They do. Somewhat bewildered sea-level dwelling herbivore. Who's, yeah, got one on. Uh, staggering along up to the hut there. They took pity on him, took a photo of him. There it is. But anyway, it's a fantastic pack. Suit all your needs from an all-day adventure to, you know, a, an hour in the bush. Uh, it's just fantastic. If you go to ultraspire.co.nz to check that out, it'd be fantastic. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious. Go to further, faster, now. Oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious. Go to further, faster, now. Radio. So, that was pretty inspiring. Yeah, that's a good way to start. It's a good way to start, and it's the appropriate way to start. We just had a conversation with Glenn Sutton. And for those of you who uh, listened last week, Glenn Sutton was the runner who was out doing an incredible run a week after he'd done an incredible run. Of course he was. Of course he was. And, of course um, he was. And he tried to link up with us, sort of 5K out of Tikapur, and it just... It just wasn't wasn't shaken out, so we, we binned it. But man, we've it just had a comp- it. it was worth the wait. Mm, mm. So, with typical southern understatement, uh, this man is a rip roarer. So, yeah, fantastic! Yep. Can't wait to bring you that conversation. Episode one hundred and seven. We made it. We sure did. We sure did. Another big weekend in Old Tiroa. Man, there was lots of races a bit going on. Yep. Lots of people out doing missions. Yeah. Did you see the mission that? Uh, who Claire and Lucy oh, and let some me others ta- did? I, let me tell you about Riverhead. yeah that that I that, that mission intersected with a with a mission that I oh, I had Jonathan and yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it was amazing they went to every gate didn't yeah, they yeah so at Riverhead so what happened is um, I went out on Saturday for a run which was supposed to be a certain amount of length and I had a real sore stomach and was feeling generally miserable as soon as I started and then I saw uh, Jonathan Ash who I'd ran into during lockdown, who'd be running, he ran from Devonport right the way into town. Like he did a big mission. He was running through Riverhead as I was heading out. Oh, to, wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, Claire Fox, Lucy Mills, Sue Hardy, and they were doing all the gates. Yes. Which is about 66K yeah. in Riverhead. What a great, like I was talking to um, Gareth Morris about this yeah. on Sunday. It's like, what an absolutely pointless thing to do. Uh, so what a brilliant have thing Have you to do. seen? So for those, if, if you were to spend an I don't know, hour of your life that you don't want back, go to the top of the map of Riverhead Forest and mm. then intersect all the gates. It's an arbitrary run. Mm. Mm. Arbitrary. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, there were plenty of people out doing cool stuff, yeah, uh, including good self, some good training. Um, but, yeah, Glenn Sutton, looking yeah. forward to bringing you that chat. So h- how have you been, man? Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm good. I'm it's my day off. I'm tired. I'm hungry, but no, things are going things are going well. Uh, Saturday had some challenges, uh, stomach challenges, and Sunday didn't. And it was mm. a, it was a good day. It was a good weekend. So I still got out and got what I needed to get done done, mm. and uh, feel all the better for it. Mm. You you had a bit of an adventure. Didn't I you? had an adventure. I did an ultra half marathon. An ultra half marathon. <laughs> You can market that. So tell me, you went out and did the Auckland Half Marathon. Yeah, so it was the Auckland Marathon, Auckland Half Marathon on uh, at the weekend on Sunday, and um, up over the Harbour Bridge. So I was entered in the half, and uh, because I'm a really experienced runner, I do things like don't bother checking bus timetables and things. You are quite. You you are a very experienced runner. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So you'd think I'd know better, but basically, uh, just assume that we'd just be able to roll up to get the bus, right? Because that's what I've done every other year. Uh-huh. Haven't bothered, but of course, every other year I've been running the marathon. And right. The buses just run, you know. Yeah. So rocked up to catch the bus to the uh, half marathon start line an hour and a quarter before the start, thinking, "Sweet, this will be heaps of time." Yeah. No more buses. They've stopped running the buses. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's insane. So where's this? Where did you turn up to get the bus? To Albany. To Albany. Albany right. to get the park and ride. Yeah, the park and ride to get the bus down to Devonport. Yeah. So jumped in the car, went on the motorway. My friend Peter and I. Yeah. And then we start having this fight because there are signs up on the motorway saying, "Takapuna traffic, get off at uh, somewhere." Right. I can't remember. And I was like, "No, no, no, no. We need to go past that to get to somewhere else off ramp." I'm not very good on North Shore off ramp. Yeah. Sorry. But he was insistent. And so we got off the motorway, Tristram Ave, got off the motorway, Tristram Ave, got to Takapuna, and it was like roadblock city. You could not get past Takapuna to get down to Devonport without driving all the way back to right. the motorway. Yep. So the clock is ticking. So we just pulled over, parked, jumped out, started running down to Devonport. How far away from Devonport were you? Uh, about five, 5K five or something. Right. So we're running down towards Devonport. The marathon starts, so people are running back the other way. So I got to see heaps of mates. Yeah. Everyone going, what the hell are you doing? It's like, hi. Um, so saw saw lots of people. Hi, everyone. Uh, we didn't quite make it to important time for the start. How, how late we went, did you miss the start by? Oh, we were on. We were just coming around the corner. We heard the gun go. <laughs> um, but then, of course, just like everyone's coming towards us. So you were doing a salmon run for the yeah. like couple of hundred metres. Yeah. yeah, so we were up on the footpath, and then, so, of course, People start jumping on the footpath and we're yeah. sort of trying to go the other way because yeah. we wanted to cross the start line. And you've got to, your race numbers on. Yeah, we've got our race numbers on. Everyone's going, you're going the wrong way. Oh. Um, so we got past the start line, as it were. Yeah. But then, of course, by then, like the big crowd was coming. Yeah. Like the walkers and everyone. Right. Yeah. You know? So we had to kind of jump and squeeze in there and then sort of make our way. How many then, K did you have to go? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, sorry, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, 21. Um, so <laughs> so we um, we started way at the back of the field. I'm really sorry, everyone, that we kind of cut off in that. We tried to be courteous, but, you know. But because I'd always planned on doing the, uh, excuse me, this is TMI, the toilet stop before the start. Oh, no. So, of course, I hadn't had that opportunity. Oh, no. So I ducked into a loo as well. Oh, no. Um, so, that, so that time went by. and What, then, what K was that? No, that was just after the start line. Right. Yeah. So you're about 6K into 21K run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1K into the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the even The donkey's that. kicking down the door. You've got yep. to jump into the... Got to the, jump into yeah. the thing. There right, so to get that done. Right. Start again. Go past all these people again. You're throwing elbows by this point? Oh, no, no, no. We were trying to be very respectful. But um, <laughs> then we were on the way and we realised that uh, Peter didn't have his hop card right. for us to get... The bus back to Takapuna. Did you have your hop card? I had my hop card. So because why don't you just take him on? Because you can't do two, can you? Yes, you can. What? <laughs> you just say, driver, can I take this person on? And they go, okay. And you go, beep, 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 beep. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Here you go. Well, anyway, he had to pay for his own trip. <laughs> no free rides on no the Bingham bus. No free rides bus. So we left the course, right. ran to the car. Uh-huh. Got the hop card. Yeah. And then we were like, should we duck? No, no, we better go back to the official course. So then we ran all the way back to where we'd left the course. Right. Because you didn't want to get accused of. Yeah, cutting it short. Yeah. And then we ran, uh, carried on the run. So a half marathon ended up being about 28 Ks. That's amazing. Yeah, it was good fun, though. It was I think good that's fun. probably the best half marathon story I've ever heard. Yeah, well, I haven't run many half marathons, to be fair. Yeah. But that's my most fun one. That. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you could have just... I mean, you've known Peter a long time, eh? You've yeah. been overseas with the man, you travelled together, you've known him no, for... No, I haven't... No, no you're no. not Peter? That's no. someone else. Yeah, I've never travelled overseas with him. Certainly never travelled on a bus with him. Right, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. But there you go. So that was fun. So, um, yeah, everyone who spotted me running the wrong way, and there were lots of you who yelled at me, that's why I was running the long way, wrong way. Oh, There geez. you go. There you go. That's... So that was my weekend. That's... You. Oh, Look, moving from the ridiculous to the sublime, um, we need to shout out to our Patreon patrons um, who are just so helpful to us. And if you'd like to support what we do, if you'd like to send Eugene (laughs) to races that he could bung up the time, but you'd get good good content content out of it, uh, we'd love you to come on board. And if you set up a regular donation, even for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, help us do things that are a bit outside our reach at the moment, like reading bus timetables, buying audio equipment or... To improve our sound. Um, and, you know, we love what we do and we want to do it for as long as possible. So if you could help to keep the lights on, we'd, we'd love that. If that's not in your wheelhouse at the moment, that's just as cool. So thank you. Thanks, Patreon patrons. Patreon.com slash Dirt Church Radio. Right. There is a little bit of a backstory to that whole yes, half marathon escapade. The reason I ended up in the half, um, because I had actually entered the marathon, um, and I guess I just wanted to emphasize the power to say, no, not today. Yeah. You know, because I'd entered the marathon, and despite the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah, I was Sutton, just thinking that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I, I kind of, I, I've been nursing this injury, not, not a broken pelvis, but anyway, I've been nursing this injury and stuff and I haven't really done the training that I felt that I needed to do to do the marathon properly, so I opted for the half, um, which kind of was a bit of an odd feeling for me. I kind of mm. felt pressure to do the marathon. Um, you know, there were lots of our mates who were doing the marathon and I was like, oh, you know, a bit of FOMO and also that kind of, um, yeah, wanting to, f- feeling a bit of pressure, I guess, but yeah. But in the end, I decided, nah, actually, I, I could do it. But is that going to be the best thing for me? And I guess what it speaks to is the power of, like, you'll hear in this conversation that, that we're going to have with Mr. Sutton that he's going out and he's doing some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, however, that's his choice to do that. Yes. And whilst I support the choice of anyone to do mm. something that they feel that is in their means to do, um, if it's causing you mental anguish... And it's going to be ultimately unhelpful. Yeah. Well, what's the point? It's also like my, you know, I, I, I sort of thought in the context of Kepler. Mm. Do I, you know, do I want to do this and then get injured and not end up being able to do the race that I want yeah. to have at Kepler? Yeah. No, I'd rather you know do that. So, so I guess I'm just here to say, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, nah, I'm not going to do that actually. Um, Especially if you're working towards a bigger picture. Yeah. Right. Results. Bang load of results today. Yeah. Lots of people's favourite race and a long-standing one in the calendar, the Kodo King and Queen of the Mountain. Mm. And Halloween, year of COVID, 125 brave souls uh, lined up at the start of the 65th year of the Kodo King of the Mountain. It's um, amazing, eh? Yeah. It's been going a long amazing. time. And yeah. it was nasty, apparently. Mm. So they're saying despite torrid conditions, global economic collapse, decimated, decimated events industry, and a future laden with uncertainty, Kodo King of the Mountain still went ahead. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. So the winner this year, David Hounschmidt, again. Again. Wow. 
51 minutes and 14 seconds. Chris Morrissey, second in 54 minutes and 7 seconds. So that's quite a decent victory there. Yeah, and Sam is. Clark, uh, third in 54-33. That's amazing. In the women's event, Kate Moore, 103-42. Phoebe Barrett, 109-55. And Mila Dibbon, 110-44. And so David is a... Rotorua. Doctor. Yep. And... Uh, Kate is a farmer. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, Mission Mount Summers. So that's uh, down in down in Canterbury there on the on the edge of the plains. Um, some beautiful beautiful trail, trails trails yeah, by the sounds of it. Yeah. So that that race was on at the weekend too in the Alpine Marathon. Uh, Struan Webb four forty three thirty nine. Alistair McDowell four fifty one thirty one. And Steve O'Neill four fifty seven forty six. That's amazing. Mm. Julia Grant bringing it home in 532.22. Laura Patty, 534.45. And Emily Harrison, 601.29. And in the half marathon, I'm going to switch around. In the uh, half marathon, Sabrina Grogan, 236. That's true. 31. Scott Runner. Yeah. Uh, Claire LeGrice, 253.14. And Catherine Wilson, 244.55. Ben Williams taking it home in the men in 203.46. Flavio Viana in 211.19. And Stephen Blackwell, 213.59. And there was a 10K race as well yep. where Francesca McAdam won in 57.03. And, and Bede Guerra, mm-hmm. 52.17. Yep, 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 yep. There was even a 5K. Aww. Charlie Ross, 28.09, won the males, and the females was Dale Collis, 28.49. Nice one. Yeah. It was the last Xterra, uh, total sport Xterra for the year. Yeah. Out in the Hanua Ranges. And yeah, that one apparently is- they, because it obviously wasn't ideal having it the same weekend as Auckland Marathon, but it was just the timing. What are you going to do? Timing. Yeah. yeah. Had to be, so there you go. Super long, 23 point something K, 873 metres of elevation, which is not inconsiderable. It's not to be laughed at. It's not to be laughed at. And first was Ari McConey in 204.19. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, Blair Griffith, 219.32. That's quite a victory. Oof. And John T. Oram, uh, third in 220.37. Chloe Vincent, uh, won in 252.42. Uh, Mal Lloyd, 255.34. And Sharon Campbell, 308.30. Amazing mm. effort in the long with again 765 meters of yeah. again nothing to mess with. Uh, first place was Mark Herman in 148.21, Donald McGoldrick was second in 156.38, and Max Oliviero was third in 159.07. And Rosie Taylor won the women's long in 221.44. Sealy represent, yes. Jenny Stewart, 222.32, and Lauren Taylor, 231.21. Nice. Mm. So the medium course, 12.6. So that's, that's the great thing about Total Sport. Though. There's, there's a distance for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Rickaby uh, was first in 55.23, and Amelia Lythe taking it home in 103.41. And in the short course, Samuel Rickaby, 27.31, and Stella Hammond, 28.11. Amazing. Mm. On to Wellington. Mm. Yeah, another so the, exterior. Another exterior. Makiro's Revenge, 18-kilometer uh, run. There's Nick Cox first in 130.04. Paul Campbell, 131.37. And Chris Lyons, 132.04. Rosie Walsh, 153.33. Michelle Law, 201.40. And Bridget Johnson, 202.19. In the 12K, Stephen Woodwork was 122.24. Stephen Greenside was 122.44. And Adam... Adrian Jerk was 
Carolyn Melsop, 135.40, Maya Holbert, 141.21, and Cassie Sutherland, 141.42. Ooh, close finish. Yeah. And the 7.5, Dan Hunt, 25.10, Gareth Kitchingman, 30.54, and Brian Nevin, 31.42. And you had Emma Crew, 30.53. Fiona Hayweiss, proving that she can smash it out short, she can long, mm. 32.18, and Steph Vestig. 32.25. Yeah. So in the Auckland Marathon, uh, Dan Jones, he who will shortly be going for his third Kepler victory, maybe he'll do it in Vapor Flies again yes. this year. <laughs> uh, he won the Auckland Marathon in 2.21.68 and he absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Um, Fabe Downs uh, was five minutes back in 2.26.34 and Hirataka Tanimoto was... Third, he out sprinted William Harris by six seconds Oof. for two twenty eight oh seven. So Dan's been in Kenya. He was yeah, in Kenya for eaten. five months. He yeah. got stuck there. Oh, wow. he, apparently, I think he had something like three attempts to try and get home, um, uh, but with cancelled flights and stuff, couldn't mm. make it. So, but you know, what you're going to do? You're stuck in E ten training. Um, and uh, so he was pretty pleased with the way it went. And Alice Mason, another doctor. Yep. It's a theme here this week. It's a theme. Get in, get into meds, uh, medicine, people. And if you're not too tired, health sciences, that, just yeah, do running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she was. She added to her list of marathons throughout New Zealand that she's won. She's won once in Wellington, twice in Christchurch, three times in Rotorua, and now at Auckland. Um, she's a three-time New Zealand champion. So she won in two forty-three thirty-three. Hannah Aldroyd second in two forty nine twenty seven, and Margie Campbell was third in two fifty two thirty nine. What was Malakin doing? She was storming home. Is in what she was place. doing. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. So poor old Margie Campbell was cramping up with a <laughs> kilometre to go, and could hear the siren in the background. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Superintendent Al- uh, Aiken had the had the sirens going, chasing yeah. her down. Wow. But um, yeah, she she managed to hold on. So yeah. What a great, um, great run there. Uh, uh, Hannah Oldroyd, she'd apparently had not very much sleep the night before because where she was staying, they had a Halloween party going. Oh, <laughs> oh, none, oh none more annoying. Mm, mm. So looping back, I mean, we're all really excited about Kepler. We're, we're, we're going to be... It's about six weeks away now, aren't we? It, I think it might be less than six weeks. Mm. Five weeks away. Wow. According to my training peaks. But... Uh, we're going to be there. We're going to be doing a live podcast with mm-hmm. a uh, great panel. Uh, yet to finalise, but we're working hard for the people. Oh. And um, amazing that Kepler have had notification from Doc. They've been allowed to run the race this year with 50 extra competitors, which is fantastic news for Tiano and the mm. district because that's mm. 50 extra people plus their supporters yeah. coming to Tiano, yeah. spending money, hanging yeah. out. Yeah, it's a town that needs some help. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, like all those towns that have been relying on tourism for so many years and have had such tough times. But, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. So, so good. So, so good. Right. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. It might just be that time that you ran for 4K at the start of a marathon with everyone going, hey, mate, it's that way. You're running the wrong way. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. Send it in to us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this comes... Have you been trawling running doctors? Did you just Google running doctors? I just realised this. This is is unbelievable. Dr. Laura Pfeiffer. Mm. Kia ora team. 
This is not so much a single greatest run ever, but rather a greatest event forever. Let me explain. The run is the 100km Topo Ultramarathon in 2020. Now, a bit of background. For the past four to five years, a group of medical school friends and I have attended Topo Weekend, starting out as first-year house officers. We are now far-flung across the country in a variety of training schemes and working 50 to 70 hours a week. However, we have made a pact to take leave from work for this weekend each year to catch up, to challenge ourselves to tune out and just run in the bush. Over the years, we've had personal battles getting to the start and finish lines at this event. My first ever ultra was the Topol 50 kilometres in 2017, after much arm twisting by my best friend Bex. I finished the week of night shifts Friday morning, flew from Christchurch to Topol, slept about an hour thanks to nerves and stuffed circadian rhythms, and managed to lose every single one of my toenails during the race. Oh. But after two weeks and not being allowed into the surgical theatres because I couldn't tolerate wearing covered shoes, oh. yeah, you can't go into the theatres with bare feet, eh? Jack, can you wear jandals into surgery? Oh, even no, they don't like it. I was hooked up. I was hooked on ultra life. I even fluked a win in the 74 kilometer in 2019, so it seemed a natural progression to take on the 100k for 2020. Per tradition, we all arrived at Topor at various times, but each greeted at the airport with a welcoming crew. We were hosted by the amazing Leanne and uh, by the amazing Leanne and Dave's. We eat all the treats, visit Topor sites, and talk a lot of BS. We have the most incredible support crew made up of parents, siblings, grandparents, and partners whose enthusiasm certainly stands out. Each year, a new costume to ensure visibility at the aid stations. This year, seven entered the 24-kilometer event. One runner had been in labour exactly one year before and had a 12-month-old daughter at the finish line, three entered the 50k and I entered the 100. Good old dad in his late 60s drove me out to the start line of the 100k. The vibe in the shoots was indescribable, being the first ultra marathon to take place at national, nationwide level one, everyone was commented how lucky we are to get to run this together. The conditions on the day were perfect, the course wicked, the race went pretty well and I was lifted each time by seeing dad, cheering strangers or support crew at aid stations. The 24 kilometres had time to see me coming through the 50k mark and this was the motivation I needed to know I could make the finish. I was thrown on my backside, shoes and socks changed like a F1 car in a pit stop and off <laughs> I went again for the final 50k. I caught Ben who was doing the 50k on the loop before the 76k mark where I had to hit my first and only low area of the race. He propelled me for the last push out of Kinlock. I finished my first 100 kilometres in a time better than I ever anticipated of 10 hours, 24 minutes, and second female across the line. To be honest, I'd really glanced at my watch, had zero expectations. I was just so happy to have the opportunity to be out in the bush alongside 999 other runners. To summarise, while I'm delighted about my personal achievement, the great part of this run is that people are woven into the journey. Huge thanks to Team Total Sport, the Stuart family, who are the most outrageous hosts, the fabulous sport crew, and the lifelong friends who make this epic event. Here's to 2021, Laura. So good. So good. That's amazing, Laura. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I, I mean, to go from that f- first 50k yeah. to coming second in the Especially 100K. after a week of night shifts. Oh, my goodness. That's actually the easiest uh, I've ever ridden, re- read anything written by a doctor, too. So hats off to you, Laura. Um, <laughs> I love these little burns. Little nursing burns. burns. Now, the rest of you, we really need some greatest runs ever, so send them in. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. We love them, and people love them, and people go and read them on the website. We can see that. So, yeah. Right. On to our show. It's been a week waiting, and and we're so glad that this came together. Glenn Sutton um, finished second at Biggs. 34 yards or or laps. Uh, The first uh, New Zealander to complete three uh, bad water 135-mile races. Uh, It runs through Death Valley, so the lowest to the highest place in the United States. Um, 
He's won Northburn twice. Uh, he's based in Dunedin. He's a family man. He works full time. Ex rugby player and uh, loves it. Tells a good yarn. Tells so a good yarn. Let's get into it with Glenn Sutton. Ditch Radio. All right, I'm speaking to Glenn Sutton all the way from Dunedin. Kia ora, Glenn. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. That's good to hear. Hey, I'm sorry about so. Um, for our listeners out there, last week you were indeed the runner who was on an incredible sort of big adventure and we tried to um, get in contact with you when you were in the field but it didn't, didn't quite pan out. What, what were you up to? I had a couple of um, mates running from Christchurch to Queenstown um, based over uh, six days, so it's 500 kilometres and, and they were doing it for mental health. So... I, uh, I wanted to, to be a part of that, so I did did a leg with them. So that was from Geraldine to uh, Tekapo, um, distance of 91 k's, I think we, we clocked out that day. So, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and cool. I'm, I must confess, my, my, my South Island geography is not that flash. Whereabouts in the run is Geraldine to Tekapo? Uh, so it's basically in the middle of the middle of the South Island, so um, Geraldine's probably an hour from uh, from Timaru um, okay. inland, and um, yeah, running through to Tekapo, which is sort of uh, in the Mackenzie Basin. Wow. Stunning part of the country. Absolutely yeah, stunning. Yeah, beautiful part. Yeah. Yep. So how, how long did that, how long the mission was that? Oh, I think we started about uh, half past five in the morning and, and we got into Tekapo about half past eight. So um, it was a bit of a long long slog. Uh, it was yeah. a bit of walking or quite a bit of walking in there, yeah. which I wasn't wasn't used to, but I was just happy to, to tag along and, and be part of uh, um, of, of these guys doing their, their big mission of 500 Ks. So, yeah, yeah it was wow. pretty cool. That's amazing. Were they raising money for the Mental Health Foundation or just drawing attention to the cause? Uh, yep, both both those things. Um, so they actually went all the way. They finished on the Thursday. Yeah. Um, both a bit worse for a wear because they're not road runners at all, and uh, they found it quite difficult with the long straights and, and being on the tarmac. But they uh, they had a great support crew and and people around them um, that sort of got them through. So yeah, they're both very um, special people, both um, Ben and uh, Kieran. Oh, that's amazing! And and you, I I wasn't aware that it was was all on road. I mean, that that's something that you'd be quite well used to, though, hey, having run Badwater three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't mind the tarmac. I've, I've got used to it over the years. <laughs> um, yeah, it, can, it can be quite challenging. You know, there's not much uh, given the road, but, um, yeah, I don't mind it. It's fine. You would have probably said that this tarmac's a bit cool for me. So the temperature-wise, <laughs> must yeah, be quite pleasant. yeah. Well, on the on the Monday when we ran, it actually rained the, pretty much the whole way, so it was quite cold. Oh, um, so I'd, I'd definitely prefer the heat, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I guess when we spoken to you, um, you were saying that was your that had been your first run all week because you had the week before you'd been you'd you'd snagged the assist at the bigs at the New Zealand Bigs backyard. Yeah, so that was um, the week before. Yeah. Um, 
this uh, this crazy event. And, and when I first heard of it, I um, thought, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. But uh, <laughs> having a wee think about it, I, I put my name forward and was uh, lucky enough to be um, asked to, to come up and have a run. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's quite a, a crazy format. It sure um, is. Big backyard. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, it's 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 different to anything else, really, isn't it? Yeah, like like it is not a race um, at all, and um, I didn't treat it as a race. Um, you, uh, yeah, to, just six point seven kilometres per loop, and you get now to do that loop, and uh, you just turn up at that start line. At the top of the hour, and you just keep going until you can't. It's quite a sick format. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. But what does uh, what does Adam Kane call it? Um, Satan's beep test. Satan's beep test. That's right. He yeah. stole it off me. Oh, I'll really? Give it to him. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you, I mean, you went so you know you went deep. You went to you know thirty four hours there. Um, and it was yeah. just you and Adam for, for quite a few laps. Were you expecting that? Um, I, I wasn't too sure what to expect. So uh, traditionally for a run, I tend to go out quite hard and, and just hang on for as long as I could, can sort of thing. But um, this event was always going to be quite different. So um, there's obviously a few people there that who had done it before, so I was the apprentice basically. So I, I, was, I was those first few laps, I was just coming in last, and, and I was happy just to tone it right back, see how it all played out, and um, yeah, just kept um, like 50 minutes a lap, 52 minutes a lap consistently for about 28 hours, and. Wow. Um, yeah, that was – it worked in my favour, I think, um, being the tortoise. And uh, perhaps the guys that went out a bit hard, um, you know, they, they were completing laps, you know, anywhere between 40 and 50 minutes. Um, you know, it possibly could have been a bit quick. Mm. And they sort of just dropped out. And in the end, there was, there was four of us. And uh, then there was two. <laughs> It's an incredible effort. I mean, how how was it? I mean, like I was lucky enough to be there at the start. How was it starting at, at the time? Like everyone in the world started at the same time, obviously. And and I guess you could look at it. Maybe the northern hemisphere athletes were getting a bonus, and that they started in the day. They could have got a good night's sleep, and and you guys were probably, you know, it's getting up at one in the morning or starting at one in the morning. But but how was that starting on the night loop? Um, that seemed fine for me. I, I didn't mind it. Like we had, um, we had a bit of a cruisy day on the on Sunday. I think it was before the race start. So uh, on the sad day, sorry, before the race start at one a.m. on Sunday morning. Um, so we actually probably got about three or four hours sleep, which was possibly enough. Um, so one o'clock in the morning was fine to, to get rolling. So that was a night loop. So that was, um, basically a run out and a run back. Um, so, you know, it was cool. I think everyone was happy with the, the race, race, um, start time. So yeah, it's mm. good. And then I guess switching into the, so you did, you would have done what, six laps of the night loop and then switched onto the day loop, eh? Yeah. 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 Mm. So 
So the day loop um, was obviously the same distance, but uh, had uh, quite a bit more elevation um, and it was a bit more technical. Um, and day loop was was a bit warmer also. So I guess the day loop was taking about five minutes longer. So it was requiring a, um, a bit more effort um, needed to complete it. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was fine. <laughs> had, had you familiarised <laughs> you yourself with the laps beforehand? No, no. So we, we turned up um, a couple of hours before the wow. before it got dark, basically. So we, we had no idea where well I had no idea where we were running so that's why I just just kept to the back mm. and um you know those first few quite a few laps first 10 laps I was, I was last in pretty much I think so I was happy with that you know because I was yeah. doing 15 minute loops so you know there, there is no no rush um because it is um a race or an event with no end so yeah. you know, mm. don't know when the end is going to come so yeah, yeah you just had to be patient. And I guess there's that balance, isn't there, between you look over time, you know, some, some athletes, they talk about that sort of that they want to cut down on that cumulative time on feet, say, you know, 42 minutes versus 50 minutes. But then I guess there's the other part of that, isn't there, that you're highlighting that, sure, maybe you'll get an extra eight minutes or say, you know, if you're doing like a or five minutes, if you're doing a 45-minute lap, but then you're running that much faster that time and, you know, the – the fatigue's going to catch up sooner or later. This is the efficiency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so my goal was, um, you know, I can I can stay awake for you know forty eight hours, sort of thing. So I, I didn't think it was necessary to do quick laps and then try and have a power nap. So I was, I was real happy with doing you know fifty fifty two minute laps, sitting in the chair, having something to drink having something to eat and then going again. I, I didn't think sleep wasn't that important because I believe the race wasn't going to go on for that long, if you know right. what I mean. Mm. And so yeah. you didn't sleep at all through the race? No, no, no. I, I, you know, my total um, number of yards was, was 34. So even at the 34-yard um, lapped, lap you know I wasn't really tired I was just more fatigued than anything right. you know, I wasn't yawning or anything so the sleep wasn't the problem it was just the um the stamina to to, to keep going yeah because as as the laps kept mounting um the time was slowly blowing out I think when we spoke to you last week you were saying we started off talking to you last week you were saying that you, you thought that Adam might be about to drop um, and so you were trying to keep going. You were really trying to hang in there. Yeah, it was a bit of an un- unknown. Um, so th- this year's format with Big's Backyard was was to act like a team mm-hmm. because you were, you were trying to outlast other countries. But as the New Zealand team slowly dropped off, we, I think we sort of, um, we sort of lost that that team um, motivation to keep one another going, sort of thing. And when it came down to me and Adam, it was just a, a matter of um, sort of surviving on your own to get round, rather yeah. than 
talking to one another, saying, "Come on, mate, hang on to me," you know, I'll push you around for another for another lap, sort of thing. But right. you know, and and that stage of the, the event, everyone's tired, and you're mm. not really think, thinking properly, so you're just literally thinking for yourself to get round, yeah, and and hope the other guy doesn't. <laughs> Where we should have been, perhaps thinking, you know, working a bit more as a team, sort of thing, but. Um, that's something to work on next year. Because that certainly seems to have been the, the Belgians' approach, wasn't it? Just to hang in tough as a team until there was no one else left and then and then go for it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that will sort of come with practice, you know. Mm. We've, um, we've all been there now. So a lot of us have done it for two years and, and you know, us newbies have done it for a year, so... Um, if the format arrives again, we'll sort of be a bit more wiser and a bit more on, on ball with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, to push one another. April this year, April next year, it's, it's, it's all on again. But I mean, you, certainly you and Andy Smith, you know, you, you parked up by the outside the corral there, you're sharing a table, you had your chair set up. I mean, you certainly you didn't give the impression that this was your first uh, sort of major rodeo. You looked you looked pretty in control of, of you know, managing your exertion, sitting down, looking relaxed. Um, yeah, I guess you've had a lot of practice with that with runs like Badwater, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was pretty relaxed and, you know, I in some ways um, it was really, well, in all ways it was really good. I had a crew member there, so... Um, Michael uh, flew up with me and he, he crewed me for the race. So my job was real simple. I just had to do a, do a yard in under an hour. And, and when I come back in, he had the food there and the drink and, and you know, offered words of support and, and all that sort of stuff. He even had a hot water bottle for me each lap, which <laughs> I, saw, I, which saw I used. Yeah, I just had an injury, pelvis injury, um, that I've been hanging on to for a few years now. So I find that um, using a bit of heat on it um, helps. So, um, yeah, he was fantastic. And um, you definitely need a crew for that type of event. That's just so, so helpful for the runner. Yeah, I I mean, I was surprised, um, you know, even, you know, God love him, Ian Evans, sort of, you know, when he was doing laps, he didn't have a crew because his – his partner couldn't get up off work. So, like, my wife ended up sort of crewing him for him for a couple of laps, you know, and, and, and yep. I was – I mean, it, it speaks to the, the talent of the athletes that they were able to undertake that without a crew. Mm. But, um, yeah, you'd think someone like Michael, who's he's a good man, would um, be mandatory. Yeah, like, like it helps. You know, the, those, those guys up the front were really – they were – to me, they were sort of racing every lap, and, and it's not that type of – um, event to race a lap because you don't know how many laps you're going to do, so you're better to pace yourself. And if you've got someone there looking after you and, and keeping an eye on things, it just makes your job so much more easier and, and you just relax. You just come in and you sit down in your chair and, you know, what do you want to eat? You know, and he off, Michael was offering me a, a, a plate and it just had bits and pieces on it and I just chose what I wanted and you know, I didn't have to refill drink bottles or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I basically had the easy job. I just had to run <laughs> or walk. <laughs> That's fun. I mean, in yeah. terms of, and I want to, I want to sort of talk about bad water. I mean, for, I guess in terms of preparation and crewing, that that's a that's a whole nother seems like a whole nother level of 
of of complexity. But, but what attract? Where did you first hear about the Badwater One Three Five? Um, heard it through um, basically Northburn, um, hundred miler, which is held down in Cromwell each year, and uh, Lisa Tarmody was the sort of the profile pick for that and one of the organisers. And um, I got chatting to her um, during the event one year, and she suggested, you know, why don't you, you know, put your name forward for Badwater. Um, yeah, and it just got me thinking. So you had to qualify for a start. So um, so I did that, and then I put my name forward, and it's a selection process. So um, I was lucky enough that they selected me the first year I, I put my name forward. So that was uh, the start of things. So, wow. yeah, so fortunate enough to, to have done it now three times and and being a three-times finisher also. So, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And and for those who don't know, I mean, it is a right, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's from the lowest point in the continental United States to the highest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you start um, yeah, starting Death Valley National Park, which is um, 85 metres below sea level, and then you finish the at the top of Mount Whitney, um, to be honest, I can't remember the height now, but it's a bloody big hill that you finish <laughs> on, and you, you're right up there in the mountains. So, um, yeah, she's a 135-mile race, so it's 217K. Wow. Um, and I think the temperatures have been, well, last year when I went, it got up to like 51, 52 degrees. So um, it's a race that they – they have at the hottest time of year, so which is in July. Um, yeah, and it's a, they select 100, 100 runners each year to do it. So to get in is, is um, quite difficult and, yeah, an achievement if you, you do actually make the start line. So, wow. What, what's yeah. kept you going back? I mean, to go back three times and complete it is phenomenal. Um, yeah, once again, I... Yeah, it probably sounds a bit cheesy, but um, I had the easy bit. Well, I just had to run. So um, come the race day on the start line, I think I I knew myself I'd, I'd, I'd knock it out. It's that it's the preparation before the run. You know, it's mm. six months. Once you find out that you've been selected and, and you can enter this it's six months to, to the race day, basically. So it's all that preparation to – to get there or the training, um, the logistics, because you've got to have a crew. So you've got to find at least two people to go with you. Mm. Um, so that that in itself is is all quite hard and, and, and just to bring it all together and and pull it off, it's just it's just not me, it's other people as well, you know, dedicating their time and mm. and, and money and stuff. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, what does your your um what what does your team consist of? Your your crew. I mean, how many people uh, do you have with you? Yeah, so each year there's been um, four people, so you can't have any more than four people. So yeah, uh, you basically need a driver, um, and then three other people. Um, so those three other people can run with you after the 42-mile mark. They can be your pacer, but the pacer must stay behind the runner, and typically the pacer will carry the food and uh, your water or ice, 
and whenever you want anything, you just put your hand behind you sort of thing and, and they pass you, pass you whatever. So, um, I mean, your car um, just leapfrogs you. So the boys were leapfrogging me probably every two miles maybe. Mm. I'd stop and um, we'd get some fresh water or, or food and, and then just go again and again. Wow. Didn't, didn't you have Rod Dixon pop down and see you last year? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was um, a bit unexpected to see him. Um, he's a bit of a character. Did he bring <laughs> he sure his medal? Is. Did he bring his medal with him? Uh, no, but oh. typically he he does. Yeah, yeah. I know. he yeah. told us. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah, fantastic. But, uh, yeah, he he was a real good bugger. So a couple of days before the race, we went up to went up to where the race finishes and he met us that day and uh, he was telling us plenty of stories and, and, and stuff. Um, he had a connection with the race director, so that's why he was sort of in the mix a wee bit. And I guess being a Kiwi and, and him being a Kiwi, he, he made an effort to come down and and make himself known. So it was really cool. That's oh, fantastic. Brilliant. I mean, what a, it, it, I mean, he's a legend and, it's it's such a legendary race. I mean, I remember watching years ago on sixty minutes. You know, when they they profiled, I think Dean Carnassus and Pam Reed that year mm-hmm. that Pam Reed won it overall, and everyone was running in the white suits. And I remember they were eating hamburgers as they were running. And I was just like, what is the sport? You know, what are these people doing yeah. to themselves? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it's it's that iconic, I guess. Hey, yeah, it is, and. Um... Now, there's been a lot of big names um, do that race over the years. You know, guys that have and girls that have written books, and mm. um, they've, they've got all sorts of stories. You know, um, David Goggins, ex Navy SEAL. Um, you know, real, real hardcore, um, down to earth people. Really, you know, it's um, just some real characters out there too you know it's mm. um they have their favorites that come back each year because it's a selection process um but you're just a real mixture of of ages and um abilities and um males females yeah it's just a really cool 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 event and what's the cutoff uh 48 hours wow um, to get the belt buckle, so yeah. yeah. So typically they, uh, typically about ninety-seven starters. So there's three waves. You, you start two hours apart. Apart. Um, so ninety-seven um, starters tend tend to come each year, um, and probably about eighty percent finish. Wow. Um, I believe a couple of years ago, only two thirds of the field finished. It was just a real hot year, I think, by the sound of the sounds of things. So, I was lucky enough last year to have a cool year. <laughs> only, fi- only fifty-one degrees. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you you had prepared a, a heat box to, yeah, to get ready. Yes, yeah, so and you, you built it yourself. Can you right. tell us about that? Yeah, so really tricky to um, train in Dunedin where I live um, in the middle of winter to, to go to the hottest place on earth um, and, and go for a run. So I needed to to come up with a, a bit of a plan to see if I could um, 
perhaps come up with something warm. So I made a heat box. Basically, I'm a joiner by trade, so that that was easy. I made a box and put a treadmill in it with uh, three heaters, and uh, it it was really efficient. It used to get up to, like, 42 degrees in there. Um, It was a wet heat. You'd come out dripping wet. Um, You know, when you're in in America and in Death Valley, it's a dry heat, so you you sweat, but it just gets evaporated instantly. So, But I I found with building the heat box, it was, um, yeah, it was a matter of, been in discomfort and just keep carrying on, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it was tough, but it was it was good um, preparation, good training to to go overseas. So, so it's yeah. Sort of as much about the mental side of it rather than the, just the physical adaptation. Yeah, that's right. You know, after all these you know all these runs that you do, after a while the. You know, the body starts to, to to slow down. You get a bit weary and mentally it gets hard. But, you know, you, you've got to be a bit stubborn and you got to push through um, the bad times. And, you know, because there's a lot more bad times than there are good times when, you, when you're going out for a run and, and, and just pushing through it, basically. So, um, yeah, you know, as someone once said to me, you know, pain's uh, temporary, memories are forever. So... Yeah, you know, it's a short race. It's only, you know, it's less than forty-eight hours. So just, just suck it up. You paid the money <laughs> to, to go over there and do it. So, wow. I mean, yeah, that's just a, do it. That's a really, sorry, that's a really wonderful mindset because it's that that thing, isn't it? It's that the, the truth. It's a very privileged position to be able to get in a plane, fly to, you know, Death Valley with you know four of your mates and 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 do this and have a good time. What was the longest run that you did in the in the the the, the that red heat box and the heat box probably um probably a, a length of a movie which was just slightly over two hours wow. and what was your um, what was your power bill like uh so i was lucky enough i had it set up at work so <laughs> oh, I, haven't, nice. I haven't been given the bill yet <laughs> you didn't have the cops raiding you <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no but uh, oh, good still stuff. got it. So to be honest, I've just started using it again. So um, yeah, it still goes. So it's so it's pretty cool. What do you got planned? Uh, oh, nothing yet. I've got a mate that's um, temporary using it at the moment. Right, he's got an event coming up, and he just wants to to see if he can handle the jandal. So. Yeah, we blew the dust off uh, the treadmill and got it going again, and yes, yeah, it's, it's working great. Nice. Um, and and I'm wondering, so this this year was cancelled, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a whole yeah, lot of yeah, factors. Bad, was it? Yeah, was there was like yeah. was it a landslide or something, Floods, an earthquake, landslides, or? And earthquakes, <laughs> plague of locusts, I think as well. It was everything? Yeah, wasn't I it? think they had a um, an earthquake over there. Oh, um, but that actually turned out all right but i think the race only got cancelled maybe three weeks beforehand um the race director was pretty um determined to 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 have it but i think it was just that much pressure with being in the national park and yeah obviously this covid things just got out of control at the time that yeah you had to cancel so Mm. yeah hey glenn we're sort of curious How, how did you get your start in running um, very difficult to be honest. I um, I played rugby up to I was about thirty, and um, we had a young family of a couple of kids um, then, and it was very difficult to 
to get to training on Tuesday and Thursday and, and, and play um, rugby on Saturday and wake up with a sore head on Sunday. So, um, yeah, one of the boys from work actually said to me, um, you know, why don't we take you on a run on, on a Wednesday? And um, it just led from there, you know, 10Ks and did my first half marathon and did that in my rugby rugby shorts and my, my pulled up socks and my black t-shirt or black singlet top and uh, yeah I've just um, progressed on from that and and longer the better runs for me now it led to a marathon then an ultra and I've slowly slipped into lycra and and um, got out of the rugby yeah, shorts uh, got rid of the rugby shorts <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I know for me the the attraction seems to be um, distance these days, perhaps not speed, and just you know trying to push the boundaries to see how far you can go, you know, mentally as well. So um, yeah, I'm just it's yeah ticking the boxes for me at the moment. So that's quite the that's quite the contrast, isn't it? You said you know playing rugby on the Saturday and waking up with a sore head on the Sunday versus now you start running on the Saturday and then on the Sunday you're still running. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. My wife um, yeah. always said to me, she goes, she goes, oh, at, least, uh, at least running is going to be a cheap sport. All you have to do is buy a pair of shoes. Every 10 um, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, time you, you, if you do a run overseas and, and – you know, these race events can be expensive sometimes. Mm. It, it sort of adds up. But um, I think, you know, I don't mind paying for that because I get enjoyment out of it and and meet um, some good buggers along the way. So, yeah, um, so yeah it's, it's really part, cool. All part of the adventure. It is, yeah, it really is, yep. And so have you always been down south? Yeah, yeah, born and bred in Dunedin, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, very much a local. Yeah. And so when was your first Northburn? How did you get hooked on that? Uh, first Northburn was basically my second ultra. I did the Kepler, which is 60Ks, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do, do Northburn. <laughs> um, so the Kepler was <laughs> in the December. Yeah. And Northburn was in, in March, late March, and – didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, so Northburn is probably regarded as as New Zealand's toughest 100-miler. Um, and the first two and a half, you do three loops, first two and a half loops was fine, and then everything just felt a bit. So I just uh, – I wasn't uh, – um, drinking properly or eating properly. I had blisters all on my feet. Um, I come in at the finish and I was on the medic's bed and dizzy and, yeah, I, I was not a pretty sight. So it was a bit of a rude awakening to 100-miler um, events. But um, since then, I've, I've learned a few tricks and, um, yeah, in a way they've become easier. I know what to expect. <laughs> well, and you, and you, when you say learn a few tricks, I mean you've had a couple of wins there. Yeah, yeah, a couple of wins. I've I've done um, Northburn every time they've had it, so I've uh, managed to get myself eight um, buckles over over the years. So I haven't haven't missed one yet. So wow. I'd like to keep that keep that going. And legend has it you once completed it with a broken pelvis. 
Is that right? Um, yeah, I, I got a. Um, it was a year of bad water actually. Um, I have, I've got a stress. I had a stress fracture in the pelvis, and uh, so that previous year I had the stress fracture. I've still got it now, but um, at the time um, I was contemplating on entering bad water and um, so I put my name forward and basically I got in but I hadn't run for six months of, of the end of that year and um, after I found out that I got into bad water that was in February um, I had Northburn in March so a week out from Northburn I went from the first run um, for six months and uh, so a week after that, I did Northburn. So that was a pretty slow time. But uh, I did a lot of walking and, and that. I probably ran the first loop, but the next two loops I walked. And so it was a it was a long, long day out there. I got my money's worth. Um, <laughs> but, but I also found out that um, the pelvis seemed to be all right. It was a bit sore, but um, knowing that I had, gone around Northburn a couple of laps, I thought, yeah, we'll give this bad water a, a crack. So, um, yeah, I went into bad water still with the injury, but uh, with the heat over there, it seemed to help. So, um, yeah, it didn't sort of flare up too much. So I was, I was pretty lucky. But um, I think a stress fracture in the pelvis takes a, takes a wee a long time to heal because I've still got it. At the moment, so yeah, I've just got to be sensible-ish. Hence the um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Hence, hence sorry. the uh, hot water bottle in yeah. your lap. The, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. That, that just worked a dream. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Exciting. So in that in that six months where you didn't run until a week before yep. Northburn, were you doing anything else or? Yeah, I was doing. So I needed to hold my fitness, which which I which I had, so I was doing aqua jogging and uh, biking up hills off, off my seat of my bike um, and doing hot yoga, which also seemed to, to help things as well. So it sort of held my fitness yeah. um, quite a bit, but, you know, there's nothing like running um, to to really sort yourself out. But, um, yeah, so after I'd done Northburn, I was, I was back into the running and just – sort of had a fairly steady increase in, in mileage leading up until July until when bad water was. So mm. what do you um, what do you do in a, yeah. in a typical build up week like that? Building up to an event like that. And uh, I know it depends on what you what stage yeah. you're at, but in, in that sort of base building phase, what's your sort of weekly mileage? So basically I wasn't running every day. I, I don't run every day even now. So I was just trying to mix it up with hot yoga. Um, bit of biking, bit of running, um, and then the heat box was a good um, good break from it as well because you're on the treadmill, you're on soft ground, you're in a heated room. You know, it was perfect. So I, to be honest, I was probably only doing 100 k's a week, um, and that was sufficient for me. Mm. Um, I don't really believe in in high high mileage. Um, I think you just wear yourself out and not giving your body a chance to, to you know, play catch up and repair um, um, itself. So, yeah, about 100 k's a week, you know, tops for me. Yeah, yeah. Seems to work out all right. So that would, I mean, it, 
it sort of indicates that, you know, the top two inches are probably just as important as the, what you know, the... What's underneath. The six foot underneath, right? Yeah. Because if you can yeah. go, you know, like, I'm a terrible nurse. I'll, I'll say that, like, I'm a shocker. But, you know, even I know that if you came to me and said, ma'am, I've got a broken pelvis, I'm going to do a big spec out, I'm going to do Badwater or Northburn, my, my, probably my first advice would be, like, Please don't. But, you know, it's, it's conventional medical wisdom. But um, what was it? I mean, have you always had that kind of just I guess, belief? I've always had, I've always had that, um, that, I don't know, style of if you sign up for something or if you're going to do something, you push on and right. you, you carry it through. Um, I'm not a giver-upper. You know, if you set a goal, you know, I'm, I'm going to finish that goal sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah. I try and be strong and um, and positive. So um, I've only ever had uh, one DNF. And that was, you may have heard it, a crush the cargo event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, uh, I only did one lap and then I had a DNF. So um, I'm, I'm not too sure if you can really count that. But however, it's, uh, <laughs> it has it drawn to my attention. Yeah, yeah I, I, bet, it, I bet it is. Sometimes. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you do bad water, but you can't even crush the cargo. Um, yeah. But where does where does that come from? Where does that mental toughness come from? I mean, you know, I can imagine you were a pretty formidable rugby teammate, but you know, to to be so tough mentally, where does it come from? Um, I, I just I think it's something that you learn as you get older, and uh, as you get older, you probably get a bit more stubborn, um, and you know, it's t- typical. Typical runs, big runs, big running events. You'd probably find the older person will do, you know, better than the mm. younger person. Mm. Um, they got they got more stickability. They've had a bit more life skills over the years, and and you know, just a bit more hardened mm. warrior how, sort of thing. So, how old are you yeah. now, Glenn? Do you mind me asking? Uh, forty-seven. Oh, that's a great age. Yeah, it's like that's a, a great age. It's like a fine wine. Is that your age? Yeah, 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 yeah. Seventy three. <laughs> Although I, I have, I mean, seventy three. And I, as as as, yeah. the, as the younger person in the group. Oh, whatever. Coming into the in a, <laughs> only just forty three. But I've, you're right. You 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 did right. I noticed that even myself, um, things that would have just knocked me for six, ten years ago, or you know, yep. just I don't know what. The, I guess it's a lifestyle thing, or just a life stage thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, like, like I said, um, when you when you enter a run, a marathon or a, you know, half marathon or whatever, an ultra, you know, it's such a, at the time it seems a long time when you're out there running, but, you know, really, you know, a decent run is going to be less than 24 hours. It's such a short time. Mm. Mm. So just get out there and give it heaps. Of course it's going to hurt. It mm. hurts hurts everyone to do a, yeah. a race regardless of the distance but just just suck it up and you know before you know it it's going to be over and you cross yeah. that finish line and, and you know it's going to be like wow you know i've done this this is yeah. pretty cool yeah. yeah you know you deserve a drink or a 
shout yourself out for dinner or, or whatever, but um, yeah, that, just take those uh, wee things. Is that something that you, you know, is that, and I hope I'm not being too intrusive here, in, if you say, doing Badwater or Northburn or Biggs, I mean, do you find that, do you have a, a mantra or are you just saying that sort of in your head all the time, like I've paid the money, I'll take my chances, I've signed up for this, let's get it done? I think it's what you put into it. Right. So um, with any type of event that that perhaps I do, you know, you, you sort of size it up, you know, if, if it's been a North Burn or a great Naseby water race. So, you know, five, six months before you get, you lock yourself into to doing that event, you pay your entry fee. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm one that, you know, once you've done that, you've committed, right, you've got a target, you've got a challenge, let's let's work towards that. So, um, and when you line up for the start line, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. You just go out there and, and knock it out. You've done all the hard work um, oh, yeah. to, to get there. Just enjoy the enjoy the day or enjoy the days that, you, that you're out there doing it. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You're so... One of the things that's common throughout all the people that we talk to is that sort of when they talk about when you start something, it's always best to finish it. And also that that thing, it's the process of everything. So it's once you're on the line, it's almost the icing on the cake, isn't it? It's the cherry, like running, say, Kepler or, oh, I don't know, Great Naseby, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cherry on top. It is, it is. And... You know, you've got those type of events. You know, you got all good buggers around you. Yeah, you, you make new friends as well. Um, yeah, I'm, ask, ask me 15 years ago if I was going to be a runner and 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 do marathons and ultras, and I would have said no way. Yeah. But it's amazing how things change. Mm. It's interesting. In a short time. Can I ask what uh, what, what position were you? I'm picking either a centre or a flanker. I'm going uh, flanker. Yeah, number eight. Oh, oh number eight. There you, go. there you go. Yeah. Number eight off the back, yeah. <laughs> Straight up the yeah. middle. So I was, um, so I was a solid uh, lad back in the day. I had never quite hit three figures, but I was, you know, 99.9 kilos at least. So, um, yeah, I've lost all that, that, that rugby weight, which is probably a lot of booze as well back in those days because it was quite – Quite social. Used to play hard and party hard. So um, oh. yeah, but but I've had to have a change of wardrobe over the years. So, <laughs> but that's cool. That's a good thing. Yeah. Hey, this year is this year's hardly been. I mean, you know, all these races have been cancelled and stuff. But you've hardly had a quiet one. You had Alps to Ocean for the win. Uh, you ran you ran uh, a marathon around your own house during lockdown. You ran yeah. to Naseby when that was cancelled, and now and now Biggs. I mean, you don't yeah. like sitting down much, do you? Yeah, I'm not very good sitting down on the couch watching TV. I'd rather be um, active doing something. So, um, you know, if it's not a, a race or an event that I'm doing, I'd like to dream up um, the events on my own that involve other people. I, um, I tend to get a bit of a buzz out of that, so... Um, if I can involve other people and, and to, to get involved with me and come for a bit of a run or, or crew for me or, you know, just get people involved is, is probably more satisfaction of actually running the race, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. What do you, what do your kids make of dad just 
see you later, kids. I'm going, you know, not, not in that sort of event, but the fact that you do such big distances and you do all these things, what do they make of it? Do they, do they get out and run too? Um, yeah, initially I had, had uh, so I'm a father of three girls. Um, they're 18, 15 and 13 now. Wow. Um, so initially when they, in the younger days, I had them up at the athletics club, um, you know, when they were 10 and 12 sort of thing, but one by one they've dropped off and, and picked up other sports and what have you. But, um, yeah, no, they're all, they're all pretty, pretty active, um, active kids, but you know, it's, it's, the type of running that I do, you know, where I where I go out for a, you know, an eight hour run or something like that, you know, it's it's not easy sometimes being a family man no. to to find that time to do it, and it is a it is a juggling act at times. So I don't have a a strict routine of running Tuesday Thursday at a certain time. You know, if an opportunity arises where Dad's got some free time. I'll I'll go and do it. But mm. um, fam- family comes first, and you know we've got work in there as well. So it, it, yeah, it's not it's not all roses, that's for sure. Mm. Oh look, I mean it's it, it's that thing. I think anyone with a with a family, it's it's it, you know, and and you've almost I guess with older children too, the the challenges. Whilst on, on one hand, you know, yes, if you left them by themselves for more than two hours, they more than likely still be alive when you or where you left them, you know, like they can take care of themselves in some respects. But the quality of the challenges changes so markedly as your kids get older, hey? Mm, mm, yeah, very much so. I, I, and saying that is, you know, challenges when they were young to go running was, was hard. Um, but as they get older, like the oldest one's got a driver's licence now, so I can sort of say, hey, look, I'm going to run from Dunedin to to Omaru, can you come and pick me up sort of thing so <laughs> um so that that's nice in that respect um you know to to, to get the kids involved yeah. um so when I did the run to Naseby from Dunedin my two two eldest girls came up that night and stayed in the camping ground and they they saw me running along and and that so that that's pretty cool that's you know nice. yeah. doing something with dad and yeah, I, I get a big buzz out of it as well. So That's it's, awesome. yeah, it's cool being part of the adventure. And yeah, just being involved is is cool. You know, even though they're not runners, they at least they still want to hang out with dad. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and and the um and the Naseby run, you you you, you pulled the pin because the weather got sort it's of snowing, a bit it? inclement. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a beautiful beautiful day um, going up to Naseby, but it just happened to be. Uh, when they had a couple of um, um, snowfalls um, a couple of days earlier and the snow was still hanging around once I got to Naseby and it just got so bloody cold. And then I went to leave Naseby and run back home again. And I got down the road, 30 k's down the road, and it was, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. I was by myself. It was really cold. I was lonely. There was no one there to hold my hand. Um, I was probably crying like a baby, so so I rang my two girls up that were staying in the Naseby camping ground and asked them for a ride. Yeah. So uh, they come down and got me, and we we drove home. But um, yeah, no, I had fun getting there and a wee way home. It was about 175 k's, but um, wow. I was hoping to to make the return trip, which was going to be equivalent to the 200 miler yeah. race that was going to be on that weekend. But, yeah. Of course, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was almost the anti-bad water. 
snowing and dark yeah. and cold. <laughs> to- totally offset. And, yeah. and I wasn't prepared for the cold. I knew there was a bit of snow up there and, and it might get cold, but I was just unprepared for how cold it was. It was just, yeah, it was just not, not so, nice. So this is a man who's <laughs> lived in Dunedin his whole life saying I wasn't prepared for the cold. Well, I was just thinking <laughs> you got to do some adjustments to that heat box maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put a freezer in there. <laughs> hey, uh, Glenn, the, the other thing you, you did this year was that marathon around your house, 610 laps. Yeah. yeah. Holy moly, um, how'd, you, how'd you manage that? Did you wear a hole in the ground? Yeah, it was um, it was a good idea the night before that I had to had a plan to run around my house to do a marathon around my house. Um, it uh, it actually took a bit out of me. I thought it'd take about three and a half hours, but I think it took closer to five. Yeah, so it was six hundred and seventeen times around the house, wow. and, and the lawn is is about a third of the house down the side of it. So mm. in the end, I was, I was creating like a mud track down there. Um, <laughs> it was a lot harder than I thought, actually, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> well, it's a lot of corners, isn't it? You know, it's the, you, you wouldn't ever find much of a rhythm. No, no, you just get a bit of speed up and then you're turning and, yeah, it's just bloody hard work. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see on the news um, over the weekend those three – elite mountain bikers, they'd just been to the world champs and they were in their quarantine hotel here and they all did a half marathon in mm. their room. Oh, really? Just in a hotel back and forth, oh, back, yeah. and forth back and forth. Wow. Right? Just, I think it was Anton Cooper and a couple of other guys. Oh, wow. Just out. Like, yes. right. yeah, Good to been... know that there are other crazy people yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> we've, all, we've all done that this year. Imagine this being year. the neighbour of that hotel room, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> just for hours. Yeah, a wee bit annoying. <laughs> Hey, Glenn, look, we, we've taken up so much of your time. I really, really appreciate it's it and some, some great yarns. But we, we do have one last question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and oh, that, yeah. is, that is, Glenn Sutton, <laughs> what is your greatest run ever? So it's just a run. It might not be a race, just a, just a run that really sticks in your mind is like, yeah, that's that's my favorite run. Um, about three years ago, I had a, had a crazy idea of running from Haas Beach, uh, which is in the South Island, on the west coast, to St Clair Beach, which is uh, in Dunedin on the east coast. And uh, I managed to um, persuade four of my mates to, to come along with me to run, and um, we had a van, and and we did it. We pulled it off. Um, so that was... Um, how many Ks was that? That was 427 Ks. Oh. If anyone wants to, to try that, it's wow. all, on the, all on the state highway. Um, it took 67 hours. Um, but, man, we had a ball. It was a great time. had all sorts of people running with me wow. and, and coming in, random people coming in for a bit of a jog and, yeah. and, and helping out. Um, that was just, yeah, such a – such a cool thing to to do. It's just oh, spectacular. Just because I thought it was a good idea, and what, it was. <laughs> what time of year was that? Uh, so that was um, April, eight, beginning yeah. of May, right? Uh, shortly yeah. after Northburn, so oh, wow. about six weeks after Northburn. Um, yeah, just before winter. So yeah, it's great time of year to do it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we had many many a good story out of <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, that jog. <laughs> a few beautiful sunrises and sunsets in that one. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Everything just went according to plan. The weather was great. The roads were great. Great bunch of mates and, and the body held up. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. Brilliant. Hey, thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate talking to you. It's been amazing. You're yeah. a legend. Absolutely. Genius. Yeah, cool. Hey, um, cheers for the, the phone call, guys. No worries. Loved it. Yeah. Epic, epic, epic. I mean, running, have you, you know, running in like 30 plus degree temperatures overseas is hard enough. And then he's saying 41 in that little box, which, Mm. I mean, you know, that would have been horrible, but 51 degrees. 51 degrees. And he's saying that's a cool, he's saying that is cool because the world record is 56 degrees, 1913. I mean, still 56 degrees. Mm. That's bananas. Mm. It's like a hot wash in a washing machine. It is. Yeah. It's like half a cup of tea. It is. <laughs> what a conversation. Look, yep. Glenn, thank you so much. And uh, we hope that you found that conversation uh, enlivening and inspiring. And thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. And you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Also, if you're not where we want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. If you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible. And for that, we need your help. Don't forget to write them with your greatest friend ever. You know, I was actually looking back through some of them today for some reason, and there's some bangers in there, aren't there? So, like, really tear jerkers, yeah, uplifting, yeah. funny, laugh out loud moments. Yeah, what a pickle. Um, yeah. So, just, I mean, people, yeah, send us your greatest friend ever, please. We'd love to hear from you. I'm actually still laughing about last week's one. Yeah. When did you get traumatized? The Falcon. <laughs> The Falcon. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks to our supporters, Scott Running, Further Faster, Spring Energy, and Sealy. And thank you to our Patreon supporters and Wild Things. Yep. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. And we've got a great guest lined up for you next week. So tune in then. Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rigby.